Thanks for tuning in to Hungry Gen Audio Podcast. It would mean the world to us if you could help us spread the gospel message of Jesus by subscribing to, sharing, and leaving a review on this podcast. We are believing to see thousands saved locally and millions globally. Thanks and enjoy this week's message. The Pentecost is the day of birth for the church. It's when the church was really born. It's when the church really took wings. It's when the church took off. The history and scholars and people who study the Bible tell us that most of the disciples of Jesus were very young. They were within their early 20s and only few of them or one of them was only about in, in their early 30s but the rest of them they were just pretty much a youth group. Jesus had a youth group. He was 33 years of age. Had a youth group of guys who were not mature, guys who were not experienced and guys who unfortunately they were not in Bible schools. They simply had trades. Some of them had businesses and these hot-headed, emotionally unstable, sometimes easily offended, ego-driven young men who spent three and a half years with Jesus. And after three and a half years you would think they would get so good. They would become so much better. That's why you have to understand you can go to church for three years and mess up hardcore. They were with Jesus for three and a half years and messed it up hardcore. One of them took his own life. The rest of them they forsook Jesus. Peter went on this cussing spree denied even that he was close to Jesus, lied to the obvious facts that he was with Jesus. How could it be that you spent three and a half years with Jesus yet your life is not transformed? How could it be a Christian can go to church for 10 years and like Sister Charisma and I know it's a little bit embarrassing what she said, that's what I love kids, they don't know how to fake it. Yeah, I still fight with my children, with my brothers and my sisters. I'm still not really nice. And how could it be you can go to church and still have temper issues? How could it be and still be offended at every and any single thing? It's totally possible to do that. You can be a Christian and be a carnal Christian. You can be a Christian that is a carnal Christian until you meet the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was in heaven and these disciples, easily offended, ego-driven, focused on titles instead of what God wanted them to do, shaken by smallest things, fear-stricken, constantly struggled with their faith. One of the things Jesus constantly rebuked them about is lack of their faith. Yet these men, when they encountered the Holy Spirit in the upper room, history says not one of them denied Jesus. He was no longer with them physically but the spirit with them his spirit was with them lived inside of them filled them they no longer just faced slave girls that asked them have you been with a galilean no they faced lions they faced bears they faced colosseums they were threatened with death some were skinned alive some Things that were done to them are beyond human imagination and yet with joy they went into martyrdom for the cause of Christ. 
their enemies said you flipped the world upside down their enemies said critics said you filled Jerusalem with your doctrine how could that be who could that be it's the Holy Spirit you can go to church all your life and live as a carnal Christian but if you live in the Holy Spirit you will not be carnal you will be spiritual there is three types of people there is the natural man according to first Corinthians chapter 3 there is a carnal man and there is a spiritual man come on somebody say natural carnal and spiritual so everybody say natural who is a natural man it's somebody who's not born again it's somebody who doesn't know Jesus Christ their spirit is dead second one is what couldn't hear it carnal is somebody who is born again but is not surrendered to the Holy Spirit and what is it who is the third category I couldn't hear it spiritual is the person who is not just born again but they are also yielded to the Holy Spirit and the reference to that is 1st Corinthians chapter 3 verses 1, 2, 3 and verses 4 where Paul speaks to the Corinthian church and this actually applies not just to Corinthian church to Christians in general and this explains why Christians can be crazy a little bit sometimes this explains why you can be a Christian and sometimes act in a way that is not like Christ why because you can be a Christian that is carnal Paul tells us in Romans chapter 8 the Christians really have two ways to live one way is they can live in their flesh in carnality or they can live in the Holy Spirit where they can live yielded to the Holy Spirit we can be like the disciples of Jesus we're familiar with the church we're familiar with the Bible we're familiar with the ordinances and with the principles of Christianity we grew up in a western culture where we have certain rules and laws and regulations to regulate our moral life and we prayed the sinner's prayer but to see the transformation in our life we must understand we must have an upper room experience not one time but on a regular basis it's the encounter with the Holy Spirit that will take you from carnality to spirituality. No, I'm not talking about new age jumbo stuff. I'm not talking about talking and developing your chi and connecting with the universe. I'm not talking about law of attraction. I'm not talking about channeling a Kandalini spirit. I'm talking about spirituality where the Holy Spirit is at the center of your spiritual life you can be young you can be even uneducated you can be even a person who has certain bands and certain weaknesses but when you begin to develop relationship with the Holy Spirit you will no longer live out of the flesh you will live out of the strength of God it happened to the disciples it can happen to any person Israel came out of Egypt and they went through the wilderness for 40 years and then they entered the promised land Egypt wilderness promised land Egypt represents the natural man the one who's not born again through the blood of the lamb we experience new birth we get delivered from the law of death we get delivered from the prince of this age but unfortunately for many of us we spent many years in spiritual wilderness spiritual wilderness I mean is carnality complaining whining grumbling constantly offended wishing we can get the cucumbers and wishing we can get the onions of Egypt but there is a promise 
that God has given to the Israelites that they had to go towards. This was the promised land. Now as Christians we don't have a promised land. We have something else. We have a promise from the Father. And that's what I want to talk to you for just a few moments and then we're going to pray for this promise to be poured out today. We're believing for the day of Pentecost to happen today. To those people who are hungry, for those who are tired of living in the wilderness spiritually, to encounter this wonderful person. We no longer have to ask him to come down. He's here. We just have to open ourselves up to him. He does miracles. He performs deliverances. He's a mighty God. He's gentle, but he's wild. He's not weird. Like that uncle of yours that you have who comes on Thanksgiving and you're, you know, that crazy person. Holy Spirit is not like that. Holy Spirit is wild, but he's gentle. Last Thursday, I had a live stream that I was doing on, on YouTube and as, as I was praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I was actually battling not with fever because I, I didn't have fever, just had a congestion and a running nose and uh, I literally had a, I posted a photo yesterday, a whole floor with napkins and it was very difficult to uh, to minister but I'm not a quitter and so I was like it's a Pentecost week and we had over 1,100 people watching on YouTube at one time which is a record-breaking and so 1,100 at one time. I really believe I saw this vision in the beginning of the year. I was watching this screen and I saw a thousand in my spirit. Um, I saw this thing in my spirit and I told my wife that this is going to happen. And within about what three months when we started to stream, it started to happen. Last Thursday, that's what happened. And so, but the amazing part is the testimonies that came. Pastor Vlad, I am singing in tongues for the first time. Anita said from Canada. One person said, I get to talk in tongues for the first time. I'm so excited. Thank you and God bless you guys for teaching and direction. Wow, I spoke in tongues for the first time and singing as well. It was the best thing ever. Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Amen. When the minister prayed, I felt cold surges in me and I spoke in words I've never spoken. I have been praying because since I was a child to receive the gift of tongues but I never understood it. Today I, I spoke in tongues over the first time. This happened over YouTube. Nobody laid hands on these people. And then and even as the live stream was going on so many people started to testify. I spoke in tongues for the first time tonight. I spoke it once before when I was praying for my son Daniel to be healed from his addiction and I was crying out to God. But today was my first and only time. Jesus gifted me with the Holy Spirit and with the gift of speaking in tongues. I learned so much about you guys and watching your videos. One person said during the stream baptism with the Holy Spirit when the scriptures were broken down I was delivered in my understanding and I was filled with the Holy Spirit. 
I watched multiple live streams and replays of hoping to get baptized with the evidence of speaking in tongues. It's been three months or so craving this experience. It just didn't occur. On Thursday I was able to pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and at one time the speaker said don't focus on the live stream focus on God. I started to speak out in faith and I got rushed by the Holy Spirit so powerfully and heavenly. Language like anything I've ever heard or felt. It started so strongly rush out like living waters. It jolted my upper body forward with the amount of strength and passion. I'm 16 years old from California and I give thanks to God for this amazing opportunity. Come on somebody. I've been desiring to speak in tongues for so long. It never happened. I tried and tried. Each time I was disappointed. Tonight I finally did it. Before I really never understood how. I knew I had to speak but I guess I thought the Holy Spirit would speak for me. Still I thought that He would control my mouth. But tonight when Pastor Vlad mentioned you need to open your mouth and speak and the Spirit will give you utterance. During the prayer I trusted God and surrendered. Started in a whisper and then it flowed. Thank you for coming on live stream tonight and though your nose was running I pray for your healing. Come on somebody. I believe. I'm gonna read a few more. I spoke in tongues. My body was shaking really hard. I was crying and my body was sweating. I believe I also received healing from my GERD. I burped and I have faith I am healed. Thank you guys for being a vessel. You may share this but don't mention my name. All right. And uh, one more testimony. Brothers and sisters I had before but not like this. This was different. It was like constant. And I could just go on and on. I felt such heat on me. I felt the Holy Spirit. Thank you all of you over there who are doing what you're doing. Praise God and thank God. I would like to add this. I have spoken it before when I was younger but I forgot it. Don't recall it being like this. So again I thank you Lord Jesus. Thank you. Come on let's give the Lord a clap offering for baptizing His people. Let's believe the same thing will happen this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Acts chapter 1 verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Three truths about the Holy Spirit. Number one, the Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father. Israel had a promise from God and this promise was land. You have a promise from God and this promise is the Holy Spirit. God gave Israel a promise for many many generations and He said it to Abraham, He said it to Isaac, He said it to Jacob and then He said it to Joseph and Moses and so on and it took Him so long to get to this promise. It was a piece of real estate. Today and we're praying for Israel that place is still being contested today. There is still war going on there for that piece of real estate but God gave that piece of real estate to the nation of Israel. God has given every believer not a piece of real estate. He gave the Holy Spirit. The promise of the Father is the Holy Spirit. 
Now I believe in God's promises of healing, God's promises of provision, God's promises of protection, God's promises of blessing, God's promises of family, God's promises of breakthrough, God's promises of answered prayers. All of these are great but none of them come close to the ultimate promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit. This promise you have. So when you look at the Old Testament story of Israelites, reaching for the promise I want you to look as a New Testament believer and receive the promise the Holy Spirit you may be young you may be older you might be poor you might be rich you might be white you might be black you might be just a new believer or you've been in the faith for so long this promise is for us God the Father made a promise and this promise is the Holy Spirit Jesus didn't say to his disciples the promise of the Father is for you to get a bling and bling. He didn't say that you will get Yeezys and you will wear Fear of God merchandise. He didn't say the promise of the Father is all of you will drive Bentleys and Benzes. He didn't say the promise of the Father is you will live a comfortable, famous and wealthy life. He didn't say you will become influencers or you will have many followers on social media. He says the promise of the Father is the Holy Spirit. My friend this promise belongs to everyone. The same way promised land did not belong to Moses only, it belonged to every descendant of Abraham. Every descendant of Jesus Christ has a promise of the Father. And this promise is the Holy Spirit. Truth number two. Not only the Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father. The Holy Spirit is the petition of Jesus. In John chapter 14 verse 16, I will pray the Father and He will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Israel had to fight for the promise God gave them. What I love about the Father's promise of the Holy Spirit, Jesus fought for it. Jesus says, I will pray the Father. Disciples didn't go and pray for the Holy Spirit's promise to be fulfilled. Jesus did that. Jesus is our intercessor. According to Hebrews it says that he forever lives to make intercession for us. Jesus prayed on this earth. He prayed on the cross. He prayed in the garden. He prayed during the night. He prayed in early morning hours. And the job that Jesus has in heaven right now is not ruling and reigning. It's praying and interceding. And his first prayer to the Father was, Father send the Holy Spirit. He said, I will pray the Father. You will say, why would you need to pray if the Father made a promise? See, there's a little secret right there. The promise doesn't mean it's going to happen. You need to be praying for the promise. See, when God gave a promise that your children will serve Him, you need to pray the promise. You need to pray through the promise. That's why you need to wake up early and pray. That's why you need to come to Friday night prayers and pray. Turn off that Netflix. Turn off that social media and other things. Begin to pray. Why? Because you don't get what God promised. You get what you fight for. You get what you pray for. You get what you fast for. You get for what you intercede for. You get what you stand in the gap for. You get what you confess for. Come on somebody. Touch your neighbor and say, intercede. Pray for your family. Pray for your children. Pray for your health. Pray for your finances. Don't just claim the promise. Proclaim the promise. Intercede for the promise. Don't have this mindset if God said it, it settles it. No, 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 no. If God said it, you have a weapon to fight now. You need to pray for the promise. Even Jesus did it. 
he didn't just go to heaven and say father oh I died on a cross for all of these precious human beings and this was so bad and gruesome I'm so glad it's over Jesus says I will pray the father you promise father but I'm gonna remind you I'm gonna pray you know what Jesus' prayer in heaven was not for your safety but for your empowerment during pandemic something has happened in the United States America developed a new idol safety oh I'm gonna step on somebody's toes today please understand the kingdom of God and America is not the same please do not take an American mindset into the scripture God cares about our safety but Jesus prayed for the Holy Spirit to come knowing it will cause a riot knowing if the Holy Spirit will come it will create criticism knowing the wind will come knowing there will be things disciples cannot explain knowing there will be an outbreak of miracles knowing disciples will go to jail knowing the world will be shaken knowing some of them will die prematurely as martyrs yet he prayed for the Holy Spirit don't pray to live a long life pray to live a full life don't pray to live a safe life pray to live bold life pray to live a filled life with God pray to live a life that's pleasing to God whether it's in a storm or in a calm whether it's in a sickness or in good health whether it's in a war or in a peace time but that your life pleases God that your life brings God glory that your life saves the lost that your life brings him honor come on somebody I pray the father that he will send you another comforter now the word another here is one of the same kind in Greek it's alos one of the same kind it's for example you were eating a uh, Big Mac from McDonald's and then you went to the register again and you said can I get another Big Mac meaning you got a exactly same one but it's a different one same kind but a different one Jesus is saying I'm gonna pray to the Father that he will send you same kind of God to be with you the Holy Spirit wants to be to you what Jesus was to disciples people ask all the time should I pray to the Holy Spirit you should talk to the Holy Spirit fellowship with the Holy Spirit you should live with the Holy Spirit what do disciples have with the Holy Spirit they lived with him they talked to him they were in the boat together they conversed with him the Holy Spirit was sent to you so that when you read the scriptures you can say Holy Spirit help me it's good to have a highlighter when you read the Bible but it's also good to have the Holy Spirit when you read the Bible he wrote the scriptures and he's right there he's not in heaven somewhere hiding he's not somewhere in Africa he's not somewhere hiding in Hawaii though I think he prefers Hawaii than Pasco but um, but he's right there sitting next to you and when you're reading the Bible he can help you to understand the Bible imagine having Jesus with you physically that's exactly what having the Holy Spirit is with you spiritually he is just like Jesus 
He wants to be with you. He wants to walk with you. That's why Pastor Benihin wrote this book says, Good morning, Holy Spirit. He wants you to develop such a relationship where you will say, Good night, Holy Spirit. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Will you talk to Him as you drive? Will you talk to Him as you pull weeds out of your garden and as you do your spring cleaning? Did you talk to Him as you wash the dishes? Did you talk to Him as you are handling the business calls? That you constantly talk to the Holy Spirit. He is not religious. Holy Spirit is not a reverend. Holy Spirit is not a priest. Holy Spirit is not a bishop he is God he made the heavens and the earth he suspended the sun in the universe he suspended the earth he put the law of gravity in motion and he is standing right next to you I pray the father he will send you another comforter the same like me he will be with you he will stay with you he will not leave after three and a half years he will stay until your redemption is complete but the Bible also says comforter the word comforter in Greek is parakletos. Para stands for very close and keleo stands for to call. Meaning he's called to be very close. Not a distance. Holy Spirit does not practice social distancing with you. He wants to be very close. Very close. In fact so close that he comes to live inside. He dwells inside of us. Jesus' first priestly prayer father give them the holy spirit jesus lived relying on the holy spirit he was born by the holy spirit he was filled by the holy spirit he was led by the holy spirit he was empowered by the holy spirit he cast out demons by the holy spirit he preached about the holy spirit he defended the holy spirit jesus offered himself as a sacrifice through the eternal spirit Jesus was raised from the dead by the Holy Spirit and Jesus went to heaven and said Father the same power the same person that walked with me every step of the way the same person that I relied on during my life ministry on earth I pray Father give them the same power that's why Jesus has the audacity to say you will do greater works than I did why because the same power that gave him birth gave you spiritual birth. The same power that came upon him at the river Jordan will come upon you today at this altar. The same power that gave him boldness to cast out demons will give you boldness to drive out evil spirits and command the devil to go. The same power that strengthened him to go on the cross will strengthen you to go through the crosses and losses of life. And the same power that raised him from the dead will raise you up from whatever situation you find yourself in. The same power is available to you. Somebody give God some praise right now. Hallelujah. I know it's 9 a.m. service but God is in this room. The Spirit of God is moving right now. The Spirit of God wants to invade your heart and invade your soul. Truth number three. So first one is the Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father. If you're enjoying this message on YouTube, spam the chat, stay engaged, like the video and share it with your friends. The second truth is the Holy Spirit is the petition of Jesus. And the truth number three, the Holy Spirit is the purpose of salvation. Acts chapter 2 verse 38. Then Peter said to them, repent and let each one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is to you and to your children 
and to all who are afar off as many as the Lord will call. Now typically when we do altar call we say repent, be baptized and you will receive the gift of eternal life. Repent so you will receive the gift of spending eternity in heaven. I want you to see Peter's sales pitch. Repent, get water baptized, water baptized so that you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He's telling his audience, y'all need to get saved because so you can get the Holy Spirit. It's like, well, what about heaven? See, God wants us to experience the person before he lets us experience a place. A lot of times we focus salvation on the place later instead of on the person now. In fact, the person of the Holy Spirit is the evidence, is the proof, it's the like an interest money of the place later. Christianity is not escapism. We don't get saved so we can escape earth. We get saved so we can enter into the kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of heaven is not there. Kingdom of heaven is here. For the kingdom of God is not eating or drinking. It is righteousness, love and peace in the Holy Ghost. It's righteousness, joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is an invisible realm right now that you can live in. And the authors of the Bible, even Jesus talking to Nicodemus, he did not say, get born again Nicodemus so that you don't go to hell. Jesus says, you need to be born again, John 3, 3, so that you can see the kingdom. And then in verse 5 he says, you need to be born again of water and spirit so you can enter the kingdom. My friend, if you only live for heaven when you die, you miss the Holy Spirit when you're alive. Repent so you can get the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's almost like God is saying salvation is getting you a place in there and making you a place for Him here. Salvation prepares you a paradise in heaven but it makes you a place for the Holy Spirit right now. Holy Spirit is waiting for you to be saved so He can have a real estate to live in. Holy Spirit is waiting for you to be saved so He can have a place to inhabit. So He can have a place to fill. If as a Christian you miss the purpose of salvation and you think it's only so you don't go to hell. If you think salvation is only so that you can quickly get out of this earth and, and hope that the Antichrist comes very quick and that the vaccines have the chips so that we all can start dying quickly and Jesus comes in quickly and we escape this godless horrible earth. I have a news flash for you. This earth was not made by the devil. This earth does not belong to the liberals or conservatives. This earth doesn't belong to Hollywood. This earth does not belong to Illuminati. This earth does not belong to none of the world leaders. The earth is mine, says the Lord. He's coming back to claim it. He's going to make a new because we made a mess out of it. And one day he's going to bring heaven on earth. And he will establish his kingdom. He will remove the sun because his presence will be sufficient. He will bridge two worlds together. And so don't, don't get all so super psyched to leave this earth. We're coming back. 
Salvation is not escapism. It's entering into a different realm. The realm of the kingdom of God. The realm where the Holy Spirit rules and reigns. The realm where depression doesn't reign. The realm where the sickness does not reign. It doesn't mean it's not there, but it can't reign there. The realm where nightmares cannot reign. The realm of His joy. The realm of His righteousness. The realm of His peace. Enter into that realm. Enter into that sphere. Enter into that facet of your life. Hallelujah. 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 You're going to be filled with something. You better be filled with the Holy Ghost. If you're going to be filled with something, you better be filled with God's love. If you're going to be filled with something, you better be filled with God's joy. If you're going to be filled with something, you better be filled with God's righteousness. Come on, somebody shout to God, fill me, Holy Ghost. Every Christian, and I'm finishing on this, has an indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say indwelling. But every Christian is still promised infilling of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say infilling. Indwelling happens once. Infilling is a reoccurring event. Indwelling happens when you got saved. Infilling happens when you surrender. Indwelling, it can be commended. It's the miracle wrought forth by the Holy Spirit. But infilling is commended. It says, be ye filled with the Holy Ghost. Meaning, it's my choice to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That means that I could be indwelled by the Holy Spirit but not live filled with the Holy Spirit. I can be Christian but a carnal one, not filled with the Holy Spirit. And when I am not filled with the Holy Spirit, I live in the spiritual wilderness. I might be religious, I might be even morally good, but I will always struggle in my walk with God because Christian life demands things you cannot do on your own with your best behavior. The demand of Christian life is so high, you can't do it on your own. You have to have super added to your natural and it makes life supernatural. This is for you, Peter said, and your children, your children's children and anyone, including people in Pasco in the 21st century, in the year 2021, who will come in the service at the first service 9 a.m. even for them this Holy Spirit is eager to be poured out. The pressure is on. All you have to do is open yourself up to Him. When the water is connected to your house, the water is already in the pipe. But it doesn't go into your cup until you open the faucet. The water is already connected to you if you're indwelled in the Holy Spirit. The pressure is there. But that's why today what we do as believers is we open this faucet and when we praise, when we pray, when we prophesy, when we preach, in here we receive the Holy Spirit. In here we release the Holy Spirit. When you are indwelled, you receive the Holy Spirit at the day of your salvation. But when you are in field, you release the Holy Spirit. One of the biggest secrets you must understand about infilling of the Holy Spirit is this, is that it does not happen from there. It happens from here. Jesus says, John chapter 7, He says, out of your belly, not out of the white throne, not out of the heaven, out of your belly, meaning the Spirit is already indwelling. 
the pipes are already connected the water is already in the pipe but when you open the faucet it begins to gush out that's why sometimes it sparkles everywhere it, it, it just it just goes everywhere it gets a little messy and people say I felt heat I felt fire why because the water's been there for so long and the Holy Spirit been waiting to come out he's been waiting to gush out like the rivers of living water hey guys I hope you enjoyed this week's message if you like what you've heard, you can find more of this great content on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and even Pinterest. In other words, we would love to connect with you for the latest and greatest info on all conferences and internships. Remember, better is not good enough. The best is yet to come.